Welcome to the Way of the Emotional Warrior podcast. Where we investigate how to master and harness the energy of our emotions to regain our power, vitality, confidence, and quality of life. There are tons of websites, books, videos, and courses that speak about changing your thoughts and mindset. You know, three steps to this, nine tips for that. Old school personal development told us that all of our blocks come from the brain and our thinking process. However, new research proves that our thinking and decision making actually comes from our emotions. After all, emotions are energy in motion. Emotions drive our money decisions, life choices, relationships, and even our health and fitness. Having the life of freedom and joy that we all crave requires that we first master our emotional center. Welcome to The Way of the Emotional Warrior. All right, welcome to another episode of The Way of the Emotional Warrior podcast. Today we have a special guest with us. It's Dr. Debbie Silber, and she is a best-selling author. Her book is entitled The Unshakable Woman and Four Steps to Would you like to finish that? Because that was a yeah, lengthy title. Your body, mind, and life after a life crisis and trust again. Overcoming betrayal and regaining health, confidence, and happiness. There you go. Okay. Uh, I personally watched her uh, TEDx talk, and I took a look at her website. She has some phenomenal information for all of uh, our guests here and, you know, anyone else at time, you know, chimes in down the road. So go ahead and let's get started. She also is the founder of the... Uh, Post-Betrayal Institute, the PBI Institute, and I think PBT. we're... PBT, Post-Betrayal Transformation Institute, PBT. Sorry about that. And right. uh, I, I think, you know, I mean, she obviously has a lot of things that she offers from uh, coaching, mentoring to classes. She, she'll tell you all about that in a second. But where, uh, where I was interested in taking this conversation is this whole notion of what she is tying into of transformational psychology. Uh, to me, I studied psychology years ago, and it kind of got stuck always in the past and <laughs> always in non-real anything beyond the talk therapy was sacrilegious. So, I mean, you're taking it into this place of, you know, here's where you are, here might be where you are finding yourself, and here's how you can dig your way out. And I'm sure you've got plenty of steps for that. So without further ado, please take it from here. What is your story? Uh, thank you so much for the, uh, just really for having me. Uh, you know, no one wakes up and says, you know, I think I want to study betrayal. You know, it just doesn't happen. This is actually my 30th year in business. And uh, I've been in health mindset, personal development forever. And as my life would morph and change, so would business. And then uh, I had a, a horrible betrayal from my family. Thought I did the work to heal from that. A few years later, it was my husband. So anybody who's been through it, devastating, shocking, mind blowing. So got him out of the house and I looked at the experiences between my family and my husband, I said, well, what's common to both of these? And it was me in, in not, certainly not that it was my fault, but that I never really took my needs seriously. I wasn't on my own to-do list. It was about everybody else. Boundaries were always getting crossed. So I, I had four kids, six dogs, a thriving business. And I was like, that's it. I'm going back for a PhD. <laughs> I didn't know yeah. how I was going <laughs> to pay for it, how I was going to do it. And uh, it was in transpersonal psychology, the psychology of transformation and human potential because I was changing, didn't quite understand it. He was too on, on his own, wasn't interested in looking at that just yet. And then it was time to do a study. 
So I study betrayal. What holds us back? What helps us heal? And what happens to us physically, mentally, and emotionally when the people closest to us lie, cheat, and deceive? And that study led to three groundbreaking discoveries, which changed my business, my health, my lifestyle, my life, my family, <laughs> you name it, changed everything. Did you find any characteristics, storylines that emerged that would say this is going to be a little bit easier for women than it is going to be easier or more difficult for men? Did you find any difference in gender application here? Uh, you know, it, it's interesting because we have men within the PBT Institute uh, and it's not like they don't struggle. They certainly do. We even have a special club for them so they don't feel bombarded by the women. But what I found is it's actually, I think in, in some on some levels, harder for the men because they're not as, they're not trained to share, to right. open up. Yeah. And so it's a little bit harder uh, on them in that way. It is certainly not that they don't experience it. And I remember one of the studies that I read when I was doing the research and it was that, and I just thought this was so interesting. Women had a harder time with the lies and deception and men, and this is in relational betrayal, and men had a harder time with the physical. Mm, and that was okay. like a whole evolutionary thing, you know, where it was just based on that. But but I just found that, that really interesting. But men do struggle. But we found, we've probably had 25,000 people at this point take our post-betrayal syndrome quiz, which is one of the, the discoveries, to see to what extent they're struggling. And um, and, and there's, a, there's a section where there's a question that reads, is there anything else you'd like to share? And, and, you know, I read some of these comments from the men and, and they're, they're struggling just, just as much, you know, if, if not more so than, than the women, it is just as painful for them. Do you think that women can share easier with other women? Is that just, I mean, is it just that simple? That, I think they're know? just trained. They're trained that way. You know, I think men are raised, you know, toughen up. Mm -hmm. the, that whole that whole mentality and with something like betrayal you know it, it's um it's one of those things where there's so much shame there's so much here think about it we're, we're feeling shame for something we didn't even do right and so we're struggling with this idea of shame what did is is it me did i do something wrong and embarrassment humiliation i mean there's so many toxic and negative emotions and then if you're brought up where it's like, nope, stiff upper lip, you got this, muscle up, but you know, you don't feel as comfortable sharing your hearts have broken in a million pieces. Uh, prior to us jumping on board here, I had asked you about the, the, the likelihood of somebody being betrayed early on in childhood. And yeah. I thought we could tap into that here a little bit. How is someone supposed to address that? In other words, how do they even begin to deal with the fact that even though let's just say their family seems fairly functional right now, what if they really felt this betrayal early on? It, let's assume for a second, they can address it themselves. How do they call someone else out on this in that family? Do you have any anything yeah. to say there? You know, the way it works with betrayal is the more we trust and the more we depend on that person, the deeper the betrayal. Right. So think, you know, and, and I define it as betrayal as the breaking of a spoken or unspoken rule. Every relationship has them. Think about it. We had sort of a rule. I was going to show up. We were going to have a conversation. If I didn't, I would have betrayed you. Now, you wouldn't have grumbled, certainly. But uh, the way it works is the more we trust and depend, the deeper the betrayal. So think about it. A child who's completely dependent on their parent 
and that parent does something awful, that's going to have a different impact than let's say your best friend sharing your secret right? Still a betrayal, but it won't have the same magnitude, won't require the same amount of cleanup. Uh, one of the, uh, you know, people that I follow is a uh, neuroscientist named Dr. Joe Dispenza. I don't know if you've uh, heard of him. Well, he's, his work yeah. is amazing. So his theory of, you know, until seven, basically a child is sort of unable to discern from outside influences. They're just sort of a sponge. You don't have a choice. What comes in comes in. So, I mean, I could see that that betrayal early on, how would you even know to reject that? You know and I mean? It's just day after day after day. And here these people are just, you know, imposing their view on you. So is that, do you, have you found that too? Or? Well, sure. And, and think about it. I mean, these are the people who gave you a sense of safety and security. And we assume these big people know better than we do. Right. So it's, it's, the, the thing that makes betrayal such a different type of crisis, not that one is better or worse, they all stink, but it's that this was the person, these were the people who gave you a sense of safety and security. So when this is the person, these are the very people who shatter that very sense of safety and security, it's terrifying. You know, if, if this is the person you run to when other people are going crazy and that's the one who's doing the harm, where do you run? So part of what I tend to bring in every episode somehow to my audience is a set of tools, a set of steps. Yep. I mean, and we can go back and forth here, but, you know, as far as move forward, come back. But what do you suggest are sort of generic post-betrayal uh, tools that a person can have? And let me even throw this in there. Part two. Uh, I call it a sort of emotional inoculation, right? So, because this is the emotional warrior, right? So how does a person, assuming that they've worked through this betrayal that they've had, how can they have a set of tools that will allow them down the road to be able to go in, not necessarily guarded, but with a set of tools that maybe sends up flags early enough that this person's sure. not the right one to be with. So anyway, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, one thing is I, I teach a four-step trust rebuilding process. And that's really crucial because what happens is trust with a betrayal, trust is shattered. We don't trust ourselves. We don't trust our betrayal. We don't trust anybody else because we're like, wait a second. If I, the person closest to me proved untrustworthy, how can I trust you? How can I trust you? How can I trust you? So that has to all be rebuilt. But also one of the discoveries was that while we can stay stuck for years, decades, a lifetime, and so many of us do, if we're going to fully heal, we're gonna move through uh, five now proven predictable stages. And what's even more exciting about that is now we even know what happens physically, mentally, and emotionally at every one of those stages and what it takes to move from one stage to the next. So that makes healing predictable. So to answer your question, if somebody knows where they are, what stage they're in, and I write all about it, trust again, it's what we teach within the PUT Institute, then they know, okay, oh, wow, I'm in stage two. This is what I have to do to move to stage three. Okay, I can do that. This is what I have to do to move to stage four. So, you know, it's helpful to know where you are. So, you know, you know what you need to work on. Can you give us one of those tools? Can you say here, this is a stage for example, just as an example? 
Sure. I mean, I could walk you through the five stages. Do you want to know the five stages? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, well, no, it's great. Sure. Sure. Yeah. sure. Okay. So this is um, kind of a, a real, you know, a summary of the five stages. And, uh, and you know, I go into them in much greater depth in other places, but for your sake, here we go. So the first stage was like a setup stage. And I saw this with every study participant, me included. If you imagine four legs of a table, the four legs being physical, mental, emotional, and uh, spiritual. What I saw with everybody was a real heavy lean on the physical and the mental and kind of neglecting the emotional and the spiritual. So what does that look like? Looks like we're really good at thinking and doing and not really paying as much attention to the feeling and being. That's where our intuition lies. And very often we turn that down. Anyway, that's not to say if you're only thinking and doing, it's a recipe for betrayal and you've just set yourself up for betrayal, but it's just what I consistently saw. But anyway, if you imagine only two legs of a table being, you know, on the ground, easy for that table to topple over, that's us. Uh, stage two, by far the scariest stage. And this is the shock. This is D-Day, Discovery Day. And this is the breakdown of the body, the mind, and the worldview. So you've just ignited the stress response right here. And you're headed now for every single stress-related symptom, illness, condition, and disease. Your mind is in a complete state of chaos and overwhelm. You cannot wrap your mind and understand what you've just learned. This makes no sense to you. And your worldview is shattered. Your worldview is your mental model. These are the rules. This is how life works. Don't go there. Trust that person. And in a moment, every rule you've ever known is no longer. And a new worldview hasn't been constructed yet. So it's terrifying. The bottom is bottomed down on you just now. But think about it. If you were walking down the street and the bottom were to bottom out, you know, what would you do? You'd grab hold of anything and everything you could to stay safe and stay alive. And that's stage three, survival instincts emerge. It's the most practical of all of the stages. If you can't help me get out of my way, how do I survive this experience? Who can I trust? Who do I turn to? Where do I go? How do I feed my kids? It's like that. But here's the trap. Once you've figured out how to survive, because it feels so much better than the shock and trauma of where you just came from, you think it's good. So you start planting roots here. You're like, whew, okay, all right, we got this. And here's where you think you're supposed to stay. We have no idea there's a stage four and stage five waiting. And mm -hmm. a few things start to happen. The first thing is you start getting your story. You get to be right. You get sympathy from everybody you tell your story to. You get to blame somebody. You get a target for your anger, right? You, you get all of these small self benefits. You don't have to do the, the hard work of learning to trust again. Should I trust you, you, you? I forget, I just won't trust anybody. So you plant deep roots. The next thing is because you're here and you're not supposed to stay here, but you don't know that, the next thing that happens is now your mind starts doing things like, Maybe you deserved it. Maybe you're not that great, right? Deeper roots. And now, because like energy attracts like energy, now you're calling situations and circumstances and relationships towards you to confirm, yes, this is where you belong. It gets worse, but I'll get you out of here. <laughs> because it feels so bad, but you have no idea there's anything better, right here is where you resign yourself to saying, well, this is as good as it's gonna be, so I better find a way to be okay with this. So here's where you use food, drugs, alcohol, work, TV, keeping busy, reckless behavior to numb, avoid, distract yourself 
from this situation that doesn't feel good to feel or face. So you do this for a day, a week, a month, now it's a habit, a year, 10 years, 20 years. And I can see some someone 20 years out and say, you know, that emotional eating you're doing or that drinking you're doing or that numbing in front of the TV you're doing, do you think that has anything to do with your betrayal? And they would look at me like I'm crazy. And they would say, that happened 20 years ago. But all they did was put themselves in a holding pattern in stage three. You see? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, if you're if you're willing to give up those small self benefits, grieve, mourn the loss, a bunch of things you need to do, you move to stage four. Stage four is finding and adjusting to a new normal. Here's where you acknowledge I can't undo my betrayal, but I can control what I do with it. And I always use that the example of if you've ever moved to a house, office, condo, apartment, whatever, you don't have all your stuff right there. It's not cozy yet, but it's going to be okay. And when you're in this kind of mental, emotional space, you're sort of turning the stress response down. You're not physically healing just yet, but you're, you've stopped the massive, massive damage you were causing in stages two and stage three. Also, what's so interesting to this stage is, you know, think about it. If you were to move, you don't take everything with you. You know, you don't take like the stuff that you've outgrown. You don't take the stuff that you don't like. You don't take the stuff that doesn't represent who you want to be in that new space. And what I found was if your friends weren't there for you, right here is where you've outgrown them. You don't mm. take them with you. Yeah, yeah, really common. Anyway, when you're in stage four, you're making it okay. You're making this your new mental, emotional home. You move into the fifth most beautiful stage. And this is healing, rebirth, and a new worldview. The body starts to heal. Self-love, self-care, eating well, exercising. You didn't have the bandwidth for that earlier. You were surviving. Now you do. Your mind is making new rules, new boundaries based, you know, based on everything you've been through. And you have a new worldview based on your entire experience. And the four legs of the table, remember in the beginning, it was just all about the physical and the mental. By this point, we're solidly grounded because we're focused on the emotional and the spiritual too. Those are the five stages. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I can see how people get stuck in that three, you know, what we're yeah. talking about. You, you think that's reality. And I mean, given the franticness that we live in, you can really, I mean, that just is par for the course, right? More coffee, more workout. I mean, everything that you see and experience is drilled for that physical end. Uh, another topic is you said that resilience versus transformation in, in your TED Talk, which by the way, people, this is your TED Talk X experience right here. So... <laughs> All right, yeah. tell Actually, us. I did, I did two of them. The first one was stop sabotaging yourself. And that's where I talk about the numbing, avoiding, distracting. The one you're talking about is uh, do you have post-betrayal syndrome? Yes. Uh, right. Which is the more recent one. Yeah. So in, in that talk, I do talk about resilience versus transformation. Betrayal lends itself to transformation. And, and I'll use the analogy, which is what I used in the, in the TEDx you're talking about, uh, of a house. Right. And when you think of here's the difference between resilience and transformation, resilience is bringing back, restoring, and you need that for your every day. Right. The more resilient you are, the more you can handle your daily stressors. Trauma and transformation is a whole different thing. So using the analogy of a house, let's say the house needs a new boiler. You know, you get a boiler that would be resilient. It, you know, let's say it needs a new roof. You get a new roof. That would be resilience. You're restoring it. You're bringing it back. Here's trauma and transformation. A tornado comes by and levels your house. Mm. 
know, new boiler's not going to fix it. Right. And right, a new paint job's not going to fix it. A new roof's not going to fix it. And and here's the thing, though. You, you have every right to stand there at the lot where your house once stood and say, this is the worst thing that's ever happened. And you'd be right. And you can call over everybody you know and say, look what just happened. Isn't this the most horrible, terrible, tragic thing you've ever seen? And they'd all agree. And you can mourn your house until your last breath. However, if you choose to rebuild your house, you don't have to, right? But if you choose to rebuild your house, why in the world would you build the same house? There's nothing there, right? Why not make it bigger, better, more beautiful? Why not give it everything the old house didn't have? That's that's the gift. Trauma is the setup for transformation. And, and rebuilding is always a choice, whether you rebuild yourself and move on. And that's what I did with my family. It wasn't an option to rebuild with them. Or if the situation lends itself, if you're willing, if you want to, you rebuild something entirely, and I'm talking entirely new, with the person who hurt you. And that's what I do with my husband. So not long ago, we married each other again as two hmm. totally different people. Uh, you know, new kids, new, not new kids, but new family, right? It's all the same characters, new rings, <laughs> new cows, new dress, you know, and, and that's, uh, you really do create a new identity after hmm. betrayal. You take up what you like, you leave behind what no longer serves. Let me, throw something in from the side uh, a lot of people I, I i say this cautiously but they revel in a victim mindset mm-hmm. how does that tie into your work that people tell a story from this victim position why yeah. why do that in other words i mean it's the obvious they want attention but how does that tie into your work yeah. those are the ones so deeply rooted in stage three mm. And those, we actually, there were three groups in the study who didn't heal, and I can, I can share that after. Uh, but when you think about it, there, these people who have their story, on some level, that's a benefit. They're looking at that like it's giving them something. And they have no idea, although that, that's the story they're sharing, the story they would have once they let go of that would blow the doors off it. Like, look, in my own experience, I mean, my story was the most important people in my life all betrayed me. Mm. And I could go around telling that story, you know, and everybody would give me sympathy, right? But instead, by giving up that story, I mean, I, I made a vow. I said, if I heal, I'm taking everybody with me. And now we're helping thousands of people within the PBT Institute, you know, through our, our work in there because I was ready for another story. So, yeah, you have your, your victim story, but at the end of the day, that's all you have. Right. And, and when you let go of that, not only do you get a better story, you get to be the hero or the heroine of your story. You get your health back. You stop that accelerated aging you're doing when you're just living under such constant stress. You boost your immune system. You have opportunities that never would have shown themselves, you know, had you not dropped that old story. So it's, it's, it's staggering. Uh, but if you think all you have is your story and so you're sticking with it, well, okay, so you have your story. Uh, a book that I like that I refer to a lot is by Dr. David Hawkins, which is Power Versus Force. Oh, yeah. And Letting and Go is a great one, yeah, too. Yeah. So I was going to take us right there. Yes. Because you said let go. So yeah. how do you advise 
letting go, like when you said, let go of your story, right? The victim story, how, what, yeah. what, what is this letting go? Like, how do you perceive one can go about doing that if they're just at home? I mean, let's say you're locked up in COVID, right? And you got 12 mm -hmm. months or 18 yeah. months and you're, you're, you're starting to work on yourself. And finally mm -hmm. you get to this point of, oh, uh, all roads lead to, I should be letting go. Yeah. There you go. How do you? Well, you know what it is too? And, and I, I so appreciate anybody who's taking the time to do the work because this is the hardest work you'll ever do. The most transformative, but the hardest work you'll ever do. So I just, I just want to, you know, come out and say that it's, it's also, it's a multi-pronged approach because when people just address it from, let's say the cognitive level, meaning like therapy, uh, first of all, if that therapist isn't highly skilled in betrayal, it does way more harm than good. If I tell you how many people come into our community with therapy trauma, it's crazy. So it's, and then, yeah, and what happens is because let's say that therapist isn't highly skilled and let's say it's, uh, for example, let's say um, it's a, a narcissist husband and the wife is betrayed and he's just blaming her and they go to, and she is able to drag him to couples counseling. I mean, this mm -hmm. is a scenario we see a lot. Yeah. So, so if that therapist isn't highly skilled, she looks at the betrayed person and says, you know, wow, you know, if you just communicate better, or if you just weren't as tired, I, I, it is so mind blowing <laughs> and so painful. Yeah. So, so things like that. But anyway, it, it's, it, it hits us on every level. So all levels need to be addressed, physical, mental, emotional. And when they're not, it's um, you're only getting at some of it. Mm -hmm. And it, it's uh, I mean, we have the proof. We, we've heard time heals all wounds. I have the proof. That's not true. Not when it comes to betrayal. It's an active, multi-pronged approach. Okay. Uh, wow. This was a blast. Uh, I would like to ask if there's anything else you'd like to leave us with. You know, I would I would share. It is so painful, uh, but you're not crazy. You're not alone, and you can heal from all of it. I have my coaches within who teach daily classes within our community. They have our members are working towards it. Um, it's uh, it's you're in a club you never wanted to be in, but mm. but it's not it's not you. Even though it happened to you, it's not about you. And I really invite everybody to take the post betrayal syndrome quiz to see to what extent they're struggling. And, and they can just find that at the PBT Institute as in post-betrayal transformation, the pbtinstitute.com forward slash quiz. Great, uh, I'll be putting uh, Dr. Silver's information into the show notes for any of you that wish to look further into this. I invite you to do the work. Uh, you know, the work is the work and that really is all that we really <laughs> have to responsible to ourselves to get it done. So. Uh, thank you so much. Appreciate your time. This is going to be a great episode. So uh, thank you again. I'll put the notes up and I'd like to sign off by simply saying peace. Thank you. Hey, thank you for sharing your time with us today. We would like to know what your thoughts are on today's topic. Please join the conversation on www.kyennis.com and at Instagram at Way of the Emotional Warrior. So have a great day and be well.